G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You know what I love about God? He is so straightforward and down to earth about the stuff in life that really matters to us. One of those things is satisfying our need for purpose and direction and fulfillment. It's a need he understands because it's something that he put there in the first place. And it's a need that he knows how to meet. Bernie Diamond and welcome again to the program today as we take another look at that missing dimension in life from a different perspective. Okay, here we are again. It's Friday. And over the last four days in the program, we've been chatting around the theme of moving from vanity to victory. In other words, vanity is when our lives kind of drift along without much of a sense of meaning or purpose. Lots of people are in that leaky boat, just sailing through the ocean of life day after day, same thing, go to work, come home, over and over again. And at some point, we wake up and ask ourselves, what's the point? Just like King Solomon, one of the wisest and richest men who ever lived, a man who tried pretty much everything to make himself happy, we can so easily come to the conclusion that he did when he said, Vanity of vanities, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? And yet there is an answer to this whole dilemma of an apparently meaningless and mundane life. And the answer is not just living in the physical dimension, but living at the same time in the God dimension, the spiritual dimension, realising that everything we have is given to us by God for us to enjoy and for us to be a blessing to other people. Now, lots of people get a bit on the nervous side when I start talking about God's blessing. They think somehow I'm one of these prosperity doctrine people. Don't worry, I'm not. I'm far from it. So let me ask you something. What does it mean to live in the God dimension. How exactly can we come to the same conclusion that Solomon came to when he wrote, to the one who pleases him, God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy, but to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and heaping only to give it to the one who pleases God. It's an awesome thing to be content with what we have and with what we don't have, whether it's a little or a lot. It's an awesome thing just to be able to sit back and to enjoy what God's given us, our job, our family, our home, or or not, our lot in life. But how do we actually do that? How, How can we have that sense of contentment and peace and joy and fulfillment that so many people are hungering for? I mean, the Apostle Paul, he had it. He had it in buckets full. And not because he was driving around in a BMW 7 Series or because he had a six-bedroom house with swimming pool and a triple-car garage in a fashionable suburb, not because he was living on his healthy superannuation fund in a wonderfully relaxed and safe and secure retirement. When he wrote these words that we're about to read, he was in a stinking dungeon, chained to some Roman guard, wondering when he was going to be executed. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have a little. I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I've learned the secret 
of being well fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I mean, since life has the ability to throw just about anything at us, good, bad, happy, sad, it'd be an awesome thing to have what Paul has. This contentment in our hearts, irrespective of whether our circumstances are fantastic or whether we happen to be sitting on death row in a Roman dungeon. Well, I want to take a look at where that begins, where the rubber hits the road in in actually living out our lives, not just here in the physical dimension, but in the God dimension. Have a listen to this. Again, Paul wrote this, Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 16. He said, look, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom with gratitude in your hearts, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, be subject to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, Obey your parents in everything, for this is your acceptable duty to the Lord. Fathers, don't provoke your children, or they may lose heart. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, not only while you're being watched and in order to please them, but wholeheartedly fearing the Lord. Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters, since you know that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You serve the Lord Christ. Right there in that passage that the Apostle Paul writes to his friends in the church at Colossae is the key to living out a life of contentment, a life that doesn't feel meaningless, but one with a sense of purpose. Three things Paul's telling us to lead a contented life. The first is letting the word of Christ dwell richly in us, being taught and admonished in wisdom. I can't tell you how many so-called Christians I know who don't take that seriously. They just wander into church some Sundays, half listen to the odd sermon, head on home and wonder why life feels meaningless. One of my favourite scriptures that it's so powerful, it's so full, it's so unmistakable. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Be deliberate. Learn and grow in Christ because it's not the truth that will set you free. It's knowing the truth that will set you free. The second is to worship God with gratitude in your heart. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God because worshipping God lifts our gaze. It lifts us off the mundane. It lifts us off the day-to-day. It lifts us into the reality, the awesome reality of this God and who he is and what he's done for us through Jesus Christ, his son. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you and... With gratitude in your heart, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. A bit earlier in the chapter, Paul puts it this way. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. In other words, focus all that you are on God, this awesome God who is just as real as the physical stuff that you can see. So let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Lift your gaze and focus on God. And finally, whatever you do, throw yourself into it, doing it for God and not for your earthly masters. See, this last bit is absolutely the place where our faith hits the road. This last bit is absolutely where our life finds direction and meaning. When we're doing the boring, mundane, difficult things of life, the filing in the office, the the difficult committee meetings at the kids' football clubs where all the parents are arguing, the shopping, the cleaning, do it well. Do it with excellence. Do it in a way that blesses other people with your gifts and your abilities and your hard work. Do it not for your earthly masters. Do it for Jesus. Just as he walked the dusty roads of Israel for you towards the cross. Do you get it? 
when we're serving other people for God, when we're doing it for him, when we're praying and asking him to use our humble efforts to bless other people, that's when it all starts to make sense. That's when we find satisfaction. Whether it's being a wife to a husband or a husband to a wife or children to your parents or parents to your children or workers to the boss or the boss of his or her workers, whatever situation you find yourself, Paul's writing here, whatever your circumstance, no matter how ordinary or how mundane or how menial, do it for God. Whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters, since you know that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You serve the Lord Christ. Ain't that just something? And, and can I tell you, as I've tried to apply this powerful godly wisdom in my life, letting the word of Christ dwell richly in me, worshipping God in all that I do, and serving him in everything that I do, albeit imperfectly, you know what I've discovered? Yeah, this actually works. This actually gives us that sense of meaning and purpose and contentment we have been looking for. Like, that should be a surprise, right? Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Diamond. Catch you again, same time Monday, with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.